That's why I started a podcast so I could do it in my pajamas. (laughs) Hey, that works. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Janessa McKenzie, a business mindset coach and brand strategist, and I help online experts like you stop self-sabotaging their success and unapologetically build a badass personal brand that makes marketing and sales easy. It's my mission to show you how to become who you were created to be so you can share your talents with the world, make a difference, and create the income and impact you desire. So if you're ready to end your battle with self-sabotage, regain your kick-ass confidence, and create a business and life of your dreams, listen up as I hit the BS button on the notion that hustle and hard work are all it takes to be successful, and mix the woo with the strategy to help you create the mindset, messaging, and visibility you need to attract the clients and cash that you want, while unapologetically building a powerful brand from the inside out. Now let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast. Today, I'm here with Douglas Levin from The Morning Marketing Machine. And Douglas was a professional drummer living in Chicago, and he lived there about 10 years. And then he started selling on Amazon in his spare time in 2014. And we're going to talk today about chatbots and the revolution of chatbots. I know that they came out hard about a year and a half ago or about a year ago. And then Facebook kind of went, like, and put all these, like, weird restrictions on them. So, like I said to Douglas earlier, I know enough about these to be dangerous, but he is obsessed. So we're going to talk about that. Douglas, welcome. So glad you're here. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show. You're very welcome. Um, Tell us a little bit more about, you know, who you are, what you do, and who you serve. Yeah, so... Obviously, like, uh, as you were saying before, um, I started in 2014. Um, so in 2014, I was a, a professional drummer. Like, that's all I did. That was, I think, I think I got paid to be a, like a, like an engineer in terms of recording studio a few times. But mm-hmm. honestly, it was, other than that, the only time I ever really got paid um, to do work was as a drummer. <laughs> um, so that's all I ever did. Um, like, pretty much since I got paid until 2014 and, uh, and, and I kind of just turned somehow stumbled into selling online. Um, I never thought I'd be a business owner, never imagined that six years later, this would be what I've been doing. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I kind of started there. Um, and it's been kind of this crazy ride. Like, like, like I was saying, like I, I didn't know the first thing about business when I got started. Um, it just kind of started because I was in like the miles and points world. If like, are you, are you familiar with that at all? It, what was it again? Like the miles and points world? No, no idea okay. what that is. Um, yeah. <laughs> so basically, what it is is um, if you have good credit. Um, so like, uh, uh, I was kind of taught um like oh yeah like no matter what have have good credit because it leads to all these amazing things in your life if you want to buy a house if you want to get a car or any of that kind of stuff you need good credit um Mm -hmm. so like from an early age that was kind of ingrained in me by my parents and um as a result like i I wasn't making much money i think i was making like 18 grand as a drummer but Mm -hmm. um uh i had good credit um so (laughs) what it allowed me to do was like um um, there was like, like there are with like e-commerce and, and most other niches, there's like 
dispassionate like fan base of people that are really obsessed with miles and points. And what it means is like, all right, I've got great credit. So I can sign up for credit cards that give me like cash back on purchases, or they give me um, like a, like a bonus of, I don't know, a hundred thousand um, ultimate rewards points or whatever, like the currency is um, mm-hmm. that you can redeem for whether it's cash back or free travel um, yeah. so that you can go on all these amazing trips. So I would kind of do that. And I was obsessed with that world. Um, I think I started that in like 2012. And so in 2014, um, I, I was in, I was in it for a while and uh, like it allowed me um, to take all these amazing trips and then honestly like supplemented my income um, because uh, I would get like these cars that were like, Oh, 2% cash back. And I would do things like what's called manufactured spending where like you would go and you would basically like it was a formula kind of like arbitrage where you would um, go and basically manufacture spend. Cause like I'm only making 18 grand a year, so I'm not really making much money, but then I could go and, and do these things where it was all legitimate. It was all legal, all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. um, we would end up getting, I don't know, like another grand or two grand a month in cash back where like, if I'm making 18 grand a year and my expenses aren't much because it was just me, um, mm-hmm. now I've got like, okay, now I'm making an extra thousand dollars or an extra $2,000 or something like that. And, um, like when I'm, um, uh, wanting to, like, like I, I would go on like fam like trips with my girlfriend and, and, and her two kids who ended up like, eventually we got married and they were my two stepsons. But, mm-hmm. um, at the time we would go on a trip where like, I remember like one of the first ones we did, we were, went to Scotland and Ireland and we did it. Oh, it's my dream trip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we did it, and like I think I looked it up at the time, and it would have been a twenty thousand dollars trip, and and like wow. like there's no way in the world I would have been able to afford that, but mm-hmm. because of miles and points, I was able to go on these trips, and it ended up costing me I don't know three four hundred dollars, um, so like like it was that kind of a thing, mm. and uh, and like there was all the these like like travel bloggers and stuff out there, and they were talking about like um, basically getting free points by reselling stuff um, on Amazon. So that was kind of like the, the first time that I had, I had really heard of it where I was like, oh, I want to start doing this. Mm. Um, so, so that was kind of how I got kind of jumped into it. So. Well, that's interesting. So that was a whole lot of like interesting information right there. So that's very cool that you can do that. Um, you know, I think that probably even people with really good credit, like know that they can do this, but don't know how much they could do it. (laughs) Maybe, you know what I mean? Um, I know that, you know, my, my former boss in my corporate world was, uh, he traveled so much and he had all, you know, the credit cards that gave you points. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think he's ever going to pay for travel again in his life. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I I mean, that's just craziness. And, and he uses it for like his kids to go back and forth to college and like all Mm -hmm. of those things. And that's, I mean, that's awesome. If you, you know, could do that, do it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, why not? Why wouldn't you? I mean, the, if the opportunity's there and like you said, it's legal, it's not like you're scamming anybody. It's they're giving you these opportunities to, to, you know, make cash back or, make more points or you know do whatever yeah it's funny because you know i think they think 
like the credit card companies think that it's a way for you to buy more using their credit cards, right. which it is. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, when somebody's using it like consistently and doing all of the things, I like, I don't, I'm not sure that they really are ready for, you know, for like the whole world to start doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I think what happens is that they, they end up, they make their money because I mean, most of the time, like I would probably say venture to guess like 90 to 95% of the time, like most people are not um, able to handle it in terms of like they overspend. Um, like most of the world, honestly, is, is looking at it from the perspective of, I, I, I was it Dave Ramsey, right? He talks about the idea of like, he hates credit cards. He hates it because mm. most people cannot control themselves when it comes to that. They, if they see it, Oh, okay. I've got $10,000 in available credit, or I've got $50,000 in available credit. I want this thing. So I'm going to buy it. Not really understanding that you have to pay for it. <laughs> so yeah. like, uh, um, when that bill comes around in say a month or whatever it is, then if you don't have the money and you're going to make the minimum payment or whatever it is, then now you're paying interest. And, and that's obviously like, as you get into it from the side of business, um, that's where business owners have that issue. Right. And, and that's obviously it's, it's something that I I learned very, very quickly when you're going into it about the idea of cash flow and the idea of like, all right, yeah, I've got all these great things that I want to do on the business side. Like, Obviously, we can talk about it more as we go along in terms of e-commerce side or chatbots mm-hmm. or any of that stuff. But, but if you if you don't have the money, then uh, also you're not you're not going to be in business for very long. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so what? How did you transition into marketing? Yeah. Um, so obviously, like as I was doing that, and I, I started first by kind of selling stuff I had around in my like apartment, um, and then as I kind of made the transition. I did something called arbitrage, which is kind of like where you would go to like big box stores, like Walmart target, and you would buy stuff for like, I don't know, like on the clearance rack, for mm. like 10, 10, 20 bucks, that kind of thing. And you would sell it on Amazon for like 30, 40, 50 bucks and make the difference. And um, so I did that. And then um, uh, like all business models, there's pluses and minuses. Mm. I started getting fearful of the minuses um, yeah. more and more as I started to grow um, and um, uh, Amazon was being more and more of my income. Um, so from mm-hmm. there, I, I kind of transitioned a little bit because I was a little nervous about some of those negatives. Um, so I ended up doing this called wholesale where um, you're an authorized seller of a brand's product. So you can um, like, I always give the example, like, like of Nike's um, you would never be able to sell their stuff authorized unless you're, um, a seller that's selling probably like a hundred million or so, like, like one of the really, really big sellers. Yeah. Um, but, um, but I just kind of get that example just so people kind of understand it. Mm-hmm. So they're like, all right, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be selling on Amazon and I'm, I'm going to have a relationship with Nike and they're going to um, uh, give me invoices. They're going to say, it's okay to sell their stuff. I am now authorized, authorized for my company to sell Nike products on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so now I'm protected and I'm safe and I could just buy their stuff in bulk and sell it on Amazon. So that's like wholesale. Um, yeah. so we would, all right, we've got, we're going to, uh, work out the pricing. So we're, there's going to be a markup and then, um, say, say we're going to buy their products in bulk for, I don't know, a thousand units, 5,000 units, whatever it is at a time and just keep selling it on Amazon. Um, so that's the wholesale model. And we would do that for a while as well. 
Um, but the other negative side of it, obviously, is that it's still Amazon, and um, we would have issues as we were scaling where um, there was other aspects of it that made using Amazon as our sole platform um, and our sole um, uh, traffic source um, mm. more and more risky, where like um, we would use them, and we had like a $20,000 shipment where like it was our first exclusive where the, we're the only seller of that, um, of that product and that mm-hmm. brand. And, um, uh, and Amazon would basically screwed up the shipment. And, nice. um, uh, we were left holding the bag for about $20,000 worth of inventory for about two to three months. Um, so as that's going on, I'm getting more and more nervous about that aspect as well. And mm-hmm. then there's other, um, issues that kind of happen because like, like most other business owners, you, you know, what's, what's happening and you know that you should make a transition, you know, you should pivot. Um, uh, but it's still working for the most part. And you're like, well, yeah, I know I got to fix this, but 5 million things come up and then you're like, all right, I got to get around to it, but it never happens. Um, yeah. so or so, fear kicks in and you're like, yeah, do I yeah. really want to do that? <laughs> right, right. Um, so then pretty much the same thing happens. Um, I finally get it resolved on the wholesale side and, and six more months happen of, mm. of everything. And then I get another issue that happens on the wholesale side with Amazon as our sole source of, of sales. Um, and now like 10 of our best products are gone, basically gone in an instant. And now I've got to spend... I think for us, it was probably two or 3000 we had to spend, but um, it's usually like two to $5,000 to basically get your products to be back available again, um, because it, it's called like a, you sold this new complaint um, mm. uh, happened on our products. Um, keep in mind at this point, we're just wholesale and we don't have anything else and it's all new products and it's all authorized from the manufacturer. Um, however, because of other things that come up, um, uh, uh, issues happen and now we're left holding the bag and mm. we're now having to have a plan of action and basically kiss Amazon's ring um, <laughs> uh, and, and, and trying to figure out all right what's going to appease them so we can sell those products again um, yeah so that's where like we're going like a week or two without being able to sell our stuff um, and now we're dealing with them with the manufacturers that we're we're trying to, to to make them happy we're now losing out on sales we're having to figure out our cash flow like all of these things that are happening now and on top of it obviously we have to spend two to five thousand dollars to get back up on amazon again so like yeah at that point it was like all right we, i gotta figure out something right that's gonna help because i can't do this anymore i gotta figure out a better way um so at that point that's when the transition started to happen and that's mm-hmm. where um, we had already talked about kind of doing private label and, and like creating our own brand. Mm. Um, uh, but it never really happened and we never really knew what we we're going to do. Like I, like, like a lot of business owners, like I'm obsessed with courses. I'm out, like for a long time, I had that shiny object syndrome. I am assuming yeah. most people do. Yeah. Um, so I probably spent at least, um, at least 50,000 to a hundred thousand dollars on courses at this point. Yeah. Um, where like I love it and but then the other part of it is obviously you have shiny object syndrome where you're like all right um I gotta drill down on one thing I gotta stay stay the course yeah, um, so exactly. um 
like we had talked about private label, but I never really done anything with it. But obviously, like I was saying, I, I bought numerous courses. So I kind of knew some of the process. I just never gone through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the time, like after this happened with like those, you sold those new complaints and I'm trying to figure out like, all right, well, what are we going to do? Um, like um, my wife at the time and I were talking about like, she's obsessed with a specific niche. And one of the things that sucks specifically about Amazon, it's really difficult. Like you always feel like you're um, it's one of the downsides as well about Amazon is that you're always, you have to be very guarded about your products and your brands because there's a lot of black hat stuff that goes on on the platform. Mm. Mm. Um, uh, like I was actually just having the conversation with um, like, I'm in, I'm in this group where, where they have like calls every Saturday and um, uh, the guy who's in charge of it was saying like, Oh yeah, I don't care. I'm going to, I feel bulletproof and I'm going to, uh, to tell everybody my brand, my products, I don't care. And then all of a sudden, like a couple of weeks later, his sales tanked because uh, uh, everybody was for whatever reason, like, like they were pulling black hat stuff on his, on his inventory. And um, because of that, like his, his sales would tank for a little while. And he had to basically pick up the slack and try and figure out how to, how to solve it. Um, so Does that it, just mean like people were like copycatting him or? Some were copycatting, but then some were also doing black hat stuff where like they would um, attack his listing, um, trying to like, like, like some of the negative reviews that would come in. Um, ah. they, would, they would do things to try and like, um, basically like push his, push his product out. Like, uh, I mean, we, we are what's called brand register. We have trademarks on our product and we try and do everything we can to, to, to mitigate that risk. But mm-hmm. there's always going to, it's one of the things about Amazon it, that I don't like is the fact that you, you feel like you have to kind of be very guarded and very secretive. Um, uh, so I, I hate that aspect of it. I'd love to be able to shout from the rooftops, um, everything I do, but like, obviously, like, as I was talking about, this is something that happened to, this guy is selling, is selling way better than we are. He's been at it for about 15, 20 years. Mm. And, and he had, he had to go through that. So it's like yeah. one of the, the negatives about that space. Oh, um, it sounds like cutthroat drama to me. Yeah. It, it is. yeah. <laughs> so, so, but, but uh, in any, any regard, like, um, so as we're coming up with it, um, uh, my wife was, was very passionate about this niche. And um, she was like, I've tried everything that's around this product and everything sucks. Um, uh, like, so <laughs> so uh, I had been meaning to do a private label product anyway. I just never gotten to around to it. And at this point um, I was looking for a way to do it anyway. So it was kind of like that business owner perspective. And I, 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 I'm always hesitant to call myself an entrepreneur, but I guess that entrepreneur spirit where you're like, all right, well, let's do it. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done it before, but um, let's make one. Let's figure it out. Um, so that was kind of how I got down that road of like, all right, let's make a, let's make that product. Let's do it. it um, when we got started with it, it was just with the intention of, of trying to find a product that would basically solved my wife's need um and then um from there it just kind of morphed into this thing where like uh um i would say like 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 as we were trying to develop the product there was a lot of issues that came up as we were trying to create it um and um at the time it was terrible because we thought all right yeah we'll we'll be able to come up with this product idea and within three to six months 
will have everything ready to go and we'll have we'll have the product ready and we'll be able to start to do it and then it took a lot longer than that yeah. um, uh because like like part of the product just would not work right and we were very insistent that the quality be really good mm-hmm. um and uh as a result of that it took like an extra three to six months that we didn't account for um mm. so that sucked at the time but what was great about it was I had been looking to kind of get into marketing. I had been looking to 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 start understanding like oh, what I was going to do about the chat outside of it. And it basically led me to immerse myself into those worlds where I became obsessed with, I was like you were talking about at the beginning about chatbots, about marketing. Um, and then that's where it led us to the point we are now. We're like, all right, um, uh, before we even were able to launch that product, um, we built up our list at like 20,000 on our messenger list. And, and we were able to make sales um, based on that because we understood our customer. We understood um, chat bots. We understood what we're going to do with it. Um, and so before we even had a product ready, we were starting to make sales. We were starting to get people on our list. So then once the product was finally ready, it made it a lot easier to start to, um, uh, to get sales. And that's how we ultimately, I think it was like 20,000 or something that we, we ultimately sold on our, on our first product within the first three months, like, like a, a, a monthly sales. So. Mm. so tell me how you did that on chatbots. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so we started like, obviously I was talking about the idea, like the, the marketing side of it. Um, mm. I was fortunate enough that as I was saying, like I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on courses. Mm. Um, so the great part of that is the fact that, I found a lot of great mentors. I found a lot of terrible mentors, um, but I found a lot of great ones as well. Um, so like, um, like one of my, like um, from the marketing aspect of it, like one of my favorite like mentors, and I, I still talk to him all the time is a, a guy named Brian Bowman. Um, and I've learned probably like 80 to 90% of mar- marketing from him. Mm. Um, uh, I've learned a lot from Russell Brunson and ClickFunnels as well. And just from like a lot of the, like as I've learned more and more about marketing, I've learned who they've learned it from. So like um, mm. Jay Abraham, Dan, uh, Dan Kennedy, um, like some some of the old school guys, um, yeah. were like uh, I kind of learned 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 a lot of those kind of things that kind of stood the test of time, um, uh, and I kind of learned it from them. And then um, I've kind of taken those aspects, like all right, um, how am I going to know who my ideal customer is like like I got like the foundational strategies of understanding your brand values understanding your propositions like how are you going to differentiate your your brand from everybody else that's out there in your competition like those kinds mm-hmm. of things so yep. I would kind of go into all of that and I try and figure it out with our brand and then um uh at that point it's just kind of like like all right what how are we going to use that um with the chatbots so I would look at it from like, cause one of the things about chatbots that I love, and obviously you were talking about at the beginning saying like Facebook made that tweak. And mm-hmm. um, um, like a lot of people have said that now many chat and, and chatbots are dead ever since that change happened. Mm-hmm. Um, when that, when that, when we launched, it was before that, that, that shift did happen, but even mm-hmm. afterwards, it's still an amazing platform for us. Um, uh, really um, what I love about it is the fact that you can have a conversation with your customer. Um, uh, the days of spam are over. Like if you're going to treat, um, uh, chatbots as a, as a one to many platform where it's just about like, you're going to spam them, you're going to treat it like email. Yeah. It's not going to work for you. 
Um, yeah. But if you, if you treat it like you want to have a conversation, you want to um, figure out how you're going to be able to help them. Like um, I always kind of say like, like anything you're ever trying to do for, for your customer is always about the idea of how can I help them solve their problem? Yeah. Um, so if you're looking at it from that perspective and everything you're going to do in that conversation um, when you're looking at it in a messenger bot sequence, um, then um, it, it's not so complicated. Then at that point, that's where you can look at it from a position of how am I going to be able to give value to them? How am I going to help them solve their problem? Um, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm ultimately, I'm in the, I'm in the business of making money. So I'm going to make them offers. Um, and, and, and yeah, I want them to buy from me, but um, uh, it, it starts from that perspective of being like customer focused and, and really giving value. And, and if you look at it from that perspective, you're never going to go wrong. Um, and, and that's how we approached it. And that's ultimately like, like why we were able to be successful. Um, like whether it's chatbots or marketing or, or anything like, like, and obviously I can talk more, more in depth about any of that stuff, but, but on like a high level, that's kind of what we did. Yeah. So I know that, you know, you can still sell on chatbots. You can Mm -hmm. still do everything but spam on, on chatbots right now. I mean, Facebook did tweak things. You do have to like, what is it like label your messages now, uh, to let Facebook know what type of message you're sending. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, you can still use the chatbots very effectively. You just have to know how. So I'm just curious, like, was your audience already like that big when you said, okay, I'm going to use these chatbots or like, how did you attract the people to the chatbots? No, I mean, there's many different ways to do it. Um, we started, I think with like a giveaway or something. Uh, I think, I think that's what we did when we started. Um, uh, there's many different ways to do it. You could, um, like, uh, like one of the things I would honestly recommend for people, if you're say you were going to do it today and you had nothing is, um, is you, you dig into those, um, those things that I talked about before of like trying to find your ideal customer first. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, uh, uh, really kind of what they say, like, like what's the expression, meet them where they're at. Right. Yeah. Um, so, um, uh, that's kind of, that's what we did to start before we did anything was mm-hmm. like, all right. Um, so where does my, where does my ideal customer hang out? And then I would, I would become obsessed with, with everything I could learn about them because at the time we didn't have any customers. We didn't have anybody on our list. We didn't know anything at all about how to do it except for like what I had learned basically from Brian and like the click funnels crowd and people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we would kind of dive deep into that first. Um, and from there, once we had an idea of like where they hung out, we would start to target like the audiences. Since we didn't know anything yet, we would, like um, uh, come up with different lead magnets um, of like, all right, um, obviously like, like understand that it's probably going to take a little bit of money if we don't have anything. Um, mm-hmm. Cause there, there's a different, you can either go organically, which is going to take a really, really long time and can be great too, if you have no money um, or if you want to cut that curve and you want to throw some money at it, then it's a way to get a lot of data really quickly. Um, yeah. So, so like start a Facebook ad and lead them yeah. to the, to the chat bot. Yeah. Yeah. That's an easy way to get started. Um, and then obviously when you're doing ads at that point, you can look at the data. Um, uh, and as you start to do it more, you'll start to figure out what metrics worth works best for you. Um, giveaways are an easy way to get started. Um, mm-hmm. Understand with giveaways though, that 
Um, this is one of the things that, that I've, I, I've heard a, t a ton is understand when you're kind of doing any types of like lead magnets, like on the spectrum, um, I look at it from like, like giveaways are, are the idea of like a qual quantity, but not quality. Um, so um, you're, you may get a lot of leads out of it, but they're going to want your thing. They don't really care as much about your, your product or your brand or anything like that. They just want your free widget. Um, yeah. So, so understand that there's going to be a lot of drop off. You're, it's not going to be as much of a quantity of a qualitative customer. Um, mm. So if you're going to go that route, which is fine if you're getting started, um, just because you want to get some people on your list, then understand that there's going to be a lot of drop off. Um, yeah. uh, versus say you're going to do like what's called like a first access list or something where you're trying to get people on your list to buy your stuff. Mm -hmm. um, then, then it's going to cost a lot more money when you're running, say, an ad or something along those lines, but they're much more likely to buy. Um, so just kind of understand those metrics as you go through it. Like, okay, it may only cost me, I don't know, 20, 30 cents to get a subscriber for like a giveaway. However, if only 10% of them are actually legitimate customers, then I have to put that, that I have to um, qual qualify that into my research as I'm looking at my metrics versus yeah. say, if it's like, two dollars or something to get a customer for like a first access list well but if they actually turn into a buyer then maybe it's worth it because my my profit margin is on 20 percent or whatever it is and mm -hmm. i'm still going to make i don't know 10 15 off of every customer um like right. that kind of thing. so it may still be worth it um but just understand that stuff as you're kind of going into it but um for us um giveaways was an easy way to do it um there's a ton of different ways to do it um, as well, we've done other things, like I was saying, lead magnets are a great way as well, where you can, um, we've done that as well when we got started where like, once we understood like, uh, um, all right, um, our ideal customer has problems X, Y, and Z. Um, let's make a lead magnet around that to kind of help them, um, usually more digital focused. So it's not going to cost us any money to deliver that to them. Mm -hmm. And then the, the idea is just about value of like, all right they're having a problem with why um, we're able to give them a solution to that for free. All we want out of it is their messenger opt-in and maybe their email or maybe their SMS or whatever it is. Right. And at that point, we're just going to nurture them along in the sequence. Um, and, and obviously this gets back to what you were talking about a little bit earlier with, with, with chatbots is um, this is where I think the shift has happened for us since the change is that, we still use chatbots um, and we still use them for a lot of what we do, but we're very strategic about how we use them now. So yeah. like, um, uh, if we're going to do like say a lead magnet where we're going to get people onto our list and we're going to want to do a nurture sequence um, uh, as, as you were, you were talking about the idea of tags is that we'll be very strategic about when we reach out to, uh, to somebody uh, uh, through our messenger sequence. So we'll, mm. we'll try and look at, uh, say we're going to do a lead magnet of, that lead magnet is going to be so valuable to our ideal customer where they're going to give us their, um, they're going to opt in for both the messenger um, uh, contact information, but they're also going to give us their email. They're going to give us their SMS information. And if we have say a Facebook group, we're going to get them on our, on our, in our Facebook group um, mm -hmm. so that we can now talk to them from like three or four different channels. And now um, we're going to, to, yeah, we're going to reach out to them through Messenger, but it's going to be very strategic. And then anytime we're going to put 
um, like like a tag, like you were saying, where we're going to reach out to them. It's called like a one-time notification. Mm -hmm. Try and reach out to them for like some kind of promotion in the future or um, if we're going to say give them more content or whatever it is that we're trying to do, we're going to always come at it from the perspective of of having a strategy. We're not just going to go, oh yeah, I'm going to just willy-nilly kind of come up with some chatbot sequence. It's always going to have a purpose behind it. And maybe we'll send traffic from an email, traffic from SMS, traffic from a group, or um, or traffic from another messenger sequence, where we're going to get them to opt in again to like a one-time notification or a promotion or whatever it is we're trying to do. So it, it it's got a purpose behind it, and we're making as good of a use of the platform as possible so we can make sales out of it or give value or hopefully both um, uh, and, and, and turn it into a valuable asset. Yeah. Yeah. And you've made a lot of good points. Like before you go dive into messenger, like a messenger app or many chat or any chat bot, I don't know how many chat bot places are out there, but I'm sure there's more than one. Um, you know, before you do the strategy of actually doing the thing, you have to know who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. you know and you you have to be attracting those those people so you know i i found i and i'm was guilty of this too when i started that you're like ooh, a chatbot ooh, a you know whatever the newest shiny thing is like you just <laughs> said you know what i mean Ooh, mm-hmm. let me try that and see if it works ooh. Right, but right. if it and then we're like well, oh well that didn't work so we're just going to give up on it you're right (laughs) you know and you know that's it's not that it didn't work it's that you didn't you know know how to use it properly and it's not that you didn't know how to use it properly but you weren't targeting it properly to the people that really you know you were just like oh i don't care anybody whoever wants to be on my list (laughs) right right And, and, and that's really where it comes down to like like obviously you have to understand your, your customer first. Um, and, and that's why, like I always say, like, like at the end of the day, like chatbots are just, just a way to communicate. Yeah. But um, um, ultimately if you do that research and th- this is why I say like, like where I understood the marketing part, that's why it's successful is that it's just another way to communicate with your customer. So like, like I always look at it like from the idea of like a choose your own adventure path. So <laughs> like, like, uh, like if I'm going to set up, like a chatbot, like a sequence or something where I'm going to talk to my customer, like through messenger. Um, I'm going to look at it like, like just an extension of myself. Like we're having a conversation, like you're my ideal customer. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I'm going to say, all right, um, here's this lead magnet because I've, I, I like, I know you, I know you, I know you're, you're my ideal customer and I know that you're having a problem with X. And so I'm going to give you this great lead magnet. And then I'm going to follow up with other things that can help you and, how would I um, go down that path of a choose your own adventure kind of path if, if I've identified that maybe these are the biggest pain points that my ideal customer has and this is how I'm going to help them solve it um, or maybe my product ends up solving it or whatever it is that, that you're going to come up with. Like I look at it from the perspective of, all right, it, it's just an extension of myself. Like, um, if, like obviously you're, you're, if you're from, if anyone's familiar with like funnels, they always talk about, like 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 click funnels and and like uh landing pages for like click funnels as they're just an extension of your sales like your salesperson mm-hmm. um uh, many chat and chatbots in general are just an extension of you having a conversation with your ideal customer you're just yeah. doing it in an automated fashion um so 
just understand it from that perspective. Like, so um, look at it from the, from that, that way of, all right, if I was to have a conversation like one-on-one in person um, uh, with my ideal client, how would I talk to them? Like, like what would I do to give as much value as I could? And yeah, ideally my product is going to solve X for them, but um, understand obviously like where they're at in their customer journey. Are they, are they just getting started? Are they, um, are they like, if you talk about like the, the five stage of awareness, are they like, mm-hmm. uh, like unaware of the problem, unaware of like the solution on like all that stuff, like, yeah. like look at your, your sequence from that perspective. And, and then you're going to be able to start to create that chatbot sequence in a much better way so that it, it's just an extension of yourself. And now, now that's when you're going to um, lead them to um, much higher engagement rates, much higher sales and, and everything else that, that goes along with that, like from a chatbot perspective. Yeah. Uh, and I, the most important thing that you just said was talk to your ideal client like you're talking, like having a co- an actual conversation one-on-one. Mm-hmm, definitely. But that's, I think, the biggest thing that, you know, especially newer entrepreneurs, and again, uh, we were probably both guilty of this, right? <laughs> you know, like posting these random things on frantically all over the place, wondering why nobody was talking back to us. Right. Yeah. Um, and then that's why, because we didn't know who the heck we were talking to, where they were, what they wanted and what we, we thought we knew what we could provide, but we, <laughs> we probably really didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. It, well, it's the other thing too, is like when you're getting started, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So exactly, exactly. And yeah. And there's no shame in that game. You know, I mean, you're learning, so it, it is what it is. And you, you know, understand that there's more, there's always more to learn. No matter what stage you're at, there is always more. Oh, there's always more. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I have, I am on a chat bot like list somebody that, and I think that's like the, one of the only ways that they, I, I can't say the only way they communicate, but they, when they do a lead magnet, it is always, to their chat bot. Mm-hmm. And um, I just found it very interesting because I don't see that very often at all. Like it, it took off for a long time and I think a lot of people were doing it. And then like we talked about before, Facebook made that, you know, little tweak and it like just kind of fell off the planet except mm-hmm. for like a few diehard people who were like, no, I'm just going to keep doing this. Right. And, you know, it seems to be working for the ones that kept going. I mean, I have mini chat and I have it like on my website, you know, like the little messenger thing that pops up on my website. Um, but I, God, I haven't run lead magnets to it in forever. (laughs) And I think maybe because like I have a small team, but they have, they would have no clue how to set up a chatbot, you know? (laughs) So I know that I would have to do that myself. Mm -hmm. And like, is it, is that worth my time really to do that? So, you know, it's all, you got to weigh your options sometimes. Like you said, the path of adventure, which way are we going to go today? Yeah. 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 I I think 
a lot of like I've had this conversation with with like uh, a lot of different like business owners when when that change happened, mm-hmm. and like um, they kind of said, oh yeah, 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 chatbots are dead now because you can't do like the twenty four plus one anymore, as as it was called, and um, uh, in effect, what they've done is kind of changed it a little bit. It's still the same kind of thing as it was, mm-hmm. um, but you can no longer just spam people because like the idea like until it was of March of I think it was March of 2020. I, it's, it feels like it's been so long with the virus that I, I, I know, right? That, but um, but it, like it used to be that, um, uh, like for people that, that, that don't know, like, like um, once they engage with your bot, um, then you could send, you could pretty much like promote whatever you wanted for 24 hours and basically you could spam them. And then you could have one other promotional post outside of 24 hours. Um, mm. So like, people would just use it as a way to basically promote their stuff all the time. And once they got rid of that plus one, so now all you can do is, is promote within 24 hours. Everyone thought, well, now it's dead. Um, so. <laughs> well, when you say it that way, it kind of sounds silly, doesn't it? <laughs> no, but like, like I understand like, like on the surface, why people have done that because like, like they, they looked at it from like, Oh, it's the wild west. And, and, and like, like, because when you heard about chatbots originally, like, like the big appeal about them, like 2018, 2019 was, okay, um, email open rates and click-through rates are like, what, 20% and like, what, mm. I don't know, like 10%, 5% yeah. um, CTRs. And like with chatbots, you're getting like 80, 90% open rates. Um, yeah. So like it was insane what those rates are. Um, so they were looking at it like, this is insane. We got to go crazy with it. Um, but then like anything else, um, they would get spam complaints and they didn't know what they were doing. So then, uh, to make it a better user experience for the customer, they made those changes. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's actually, I think better for the customer now. Um, but as a result, a lot of businesses just said, well, I can't do what I did in 2019, 2018. So now forget it. It's, it's not worth it to me anymore. Um, yeah, but that doesn't really make sense either. So, I guess maybe I want to understand this a little more. I, I got the whole 24 plus one thing because I yeah. remember, I remember that. It was, so it was like, yeah, within that 24 hours and then you could do one more after mm-hmm. that 24 hours or something. Yeah. Um. So now it's just 24 and not the plus one. Yes. But, but what you can do, and this is where it's kind of like, they've kind of taken it and you can still do it, but it's just, you have to have a purpose is called a one-time notification. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and obviously it can always change. Um, they can update their terms tomorrow and then everything goes away. But, mm-hmm. um, uh, as of the time of this right now, one of the things that they tweaked was, um, so now it's just that you can't just spam people and promote whatever you want. Um, mm-hmm. the idea is that basically there's a tag now that happens and you have to have them opt in. So, um, and that's called one-time notification. So, um, the way that it's actually been really great for e-commerce, um, owners, um, where you can do, and, and, and this is where you always want to make sure that you're reading the terms of service. Um, I don't ever want to give any, anybody inaccurate information. Hmm. Um, and, and, and I always want to look it over again to double check. But the way that I was led to understand it is that there are certain ways that you can do it now um, related to promotions that you can have them opt in now to basically say that um, they want to, that your customer um, wants to receive a notification as a one-time notification outside of 24 hours 
um, uh, saying like, do you want to be notified of the next promotion? You want to get notified mm -hmm. about X. So it's now just that you're, you're not just saying I, I want to contact you about anything within 24, well, like outside of 24 hours, but it's about this thing. So um, you're being very specific there. The customer is now saying ahead of time that yes, please contact me about X. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it can be about, about, about a promotion. It could be about um, my next piece of content. It could be about X like that kind of a thing. You're mm -hmm. a lot more open to what it is, but the, the big thing is that it's, it's trackable so that if there's, there's not any issues now because you're going to create a tag um, within ManyChat, if we're talking about ManyChat, mm -hmm. um, uh, that's going to say like, all right, these thousand people that have gone through my bot have opted in to say that they want to hear about the next time we're running a promotion or the next time we're going to put a new piece of content that's going to help with problem X or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm not spamming them. They have asked for this. So whether it comes out to be two months from now or a month from now or six months from now, whatever it is, I can talk to them outside of 24 hours. They have asked for it. Um, so it's still a great way to talk to them. And I think you can accumulate a bunch of those um, with different types of topics. Um, mm. So you can still use it. It's just you have to be very strategic about what you're going to do. Um, so like whenever we're doing anything, is I always look at it from the perspective of, all right, how can I um, – uh, reach out to my list if I'm going to run some type of promotion or whatever it is that I'm going to say run from email or SMS or a Facebook group or whatever it is. Um, uh, do I, I'm going to have something in mind from a one-time notification standpoint of another way to reach out to them. And whether it's give them value or run a promotion or whatever it is I'm going to do, um, have that in mind so that as I'm sending them through that chatbot um, flow that I'm going to get them to opt into that one-time notification so I can talk to them again about whatever it is in the future. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the trick, right? I don't want to say trick, but <laughs> <laughs> so when somebody opts into a specific chat bot, like they just, they, they go on your list, but once they go through an entire flow, like you can't contact them again. Unless they after, opt in. Yeah. After 24 hours. Like, so, so once they have engaged with your bot, so like mm -hmm. whether you got them through a lead magnet or whatever it is that they have engaged with you um, on the messenger platform, uh, you now have 24 hours to talk to them as many times as you want, promote your stuff and need that kind of stuff. But after 24 hours with very few exceptions, there, there are a few um, uh, uh, you're not able to reach out to them again after 24 hours, unless you want to pay. So like there's sponsored messages, which is what it's called, where mm. you can reach out to your list and pay. I think it's like usually in the neighborhood of like a cent or two per subscriber mm. um, uh, or like one-time notifications as we talked about. And then there's like three or four other tags um, depending on very specific actions that you're trying to do. So like mm. um, post-purchase update, I think is one. Account update, I want to say is another. And there's like two others. Um, but yeah, outside of the 24 hours with those exceptions, uh, you're not able to legally within the terms, uh, reach out to them and talk to them. Yeah. Through a bot. Yes. Correct. I mean, you can talk to them like on like live messenger. Yeah. 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 Like, um, that's where if you reach out to them, I think through like Facebook or something on those lines or, mm. uh, um, uh, uh, 
like, yeah, yeah, uh, through that, then you can like manually talk to them. But if you're looking yeah. at it from the automated chatbot perspective, yeah, that, 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 that's obviously what I'm referring to. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. So I guess the plus one before meant that, okay, you can talk to them as many times in 24 hours as you want, but that plus one could have been, you know, a year from now. Yeah, I, I think there was limitations, and that's where I don't quite remember because it's been so long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there was some set of limitations, I think, with it. But yeah, that, that's where everyone was looking at it like, oh, this is awesome. I can basically spam them for 24 hours, and then I can promote another thing afterwards. Um, but now it's kind of turned into the one-time notification instead. Yeah, but can you like really, I mean, I guess you could spam them, you know, like they go through your flow, and then for 24 hours, you have the opportunity to keep sending them things. Yeah. Yeah. It, but that's where I, like, I, that's where I was, as I was saying before, like, I don't look at it from the approach of spam anymore. Like, like I look at it from basically giving value and right. I look at the, those first 24 hours with somebody, if, if I'm getting them on my list as um, like, ever since the change happened, especially like I've looked at it from the perspective of, all right, um, I want to get as many different ways to communicate with them as possible. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't go after a sale right now. Maybe I look at it from a longer term approach. Mm-hmm. Of like, all right, um, how can I give them value now? How can I get them on on as many different communication channels as possible? Mm-hmm. And then I can, yeah, I can use ManyChat in the future, but I can also use email. I can use SMS because um, it's the thing like, I've heard this from other people too is um, when they talk about the idea of chatbots is like, it's, it's, an, it's amazing, but it, you don't own it. If like say Zuckerberg tomorrow was to say, I'm done with it, then mm. you're still out versus like yeah. SMS or email it's still your customer. Um, right. So, so I, I still love it. And I still, obviously like we, we use it all the time, but if you can use it to and leverage it to also have other ways to talk to them via email, SMS, other groups, then, um, then if it goes away tomorrow, it's still not terrible. Like I could still have an amazing way to, to reach out to my customer. So I, I look at it from that, that perspective more right. than anything within the 24 hours. And yeah, if I get a sale, that's great. Um, but as long as I built up ways to communicate, communicate with them, ideally giving them enough value that they want to reach out to me or that, that they're going to listen to me as I reach out to them in the future, um, where I want to give them more value. And then, yeah, I want to make money. So I'm going to um, turn, hopefully turn that into a sale. But that's not my objective um, within the first 24 hours. So I'm looking at from a perspective of I just want to make money. I just want that sale. As right. much, and, yeah. and nor should it be anyone's really objective yeah. in that first 24 hours that you're right. like connecting with somebody. I mean, unless it's to, you know, actually promote something for sale, like if it's yeah. a one-time promotion, then that would be different. But in that first 24 hours, when somebody's, you know, first getting into your world, or as I like to call it, your sphere of influence, mm-hmm. like, that that you don't want to sell them in the first 24 hours right you know that's not really how it works i mean it it could but it's probably not the best idea (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, i mean like a lot of people have things like like the shorter term approach of like like just make money quickly but i like like and this is where i guess it comes from that marketing background that i've got of like the idea of like a lifetime value and, and 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 looking at it from a customer service approach of like all right um, uh, if I'm going to consistently give value to my, to my customer, um, I'm looking at it from that perspective of obviously like over time, 
yeah, I may not get that sale right now. Um, but over the course of say six months to a year, maybe that lifetime value of that customer is going to go up sixfold or tenfold or whatever it is. And now I'm going to turn that into a, to a raving fan where they're going to also um, refer other customers to me because they're so happy with the experience, like all those other things that yeah. aren't as quantifiable in terms of if I'm just looking at it from the, I want to make money right now approach, but longer right. term, that's how you develop a real brand. That's how you, you can scale with only say like a thousand, well, they say like a thousand raving fans. That's all you need. Yeah. Um, so, so that I look at it from that perspective. Yeah. That was like the goldest nugget in this episode so far, everyone. <laughs> if you didn't hear everything he just said, <laughs> go back 30 seconds and listen to it again because that is the truth right there. Like I get that we all want to make money. I get it. It doesn't happen overnight. Most of the time we sow the seeds, like we plant them, we water them, we put them in the sun, we shade them, we do all the things. And then we get to see how beautiful they are. Like that's how this happens. So, you know, I'm sure you're with me here, Douglas, when I say that, you know, you, you start a business, you become an entrepreneur and like, be ready to not make money for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, definitely. And and if that's all all your focus is, is, uh, you're probably not going to be a business for a while. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Douglas, this was an awesome conversation and I, I really appreciate all of your knowledge and all of your, you know, amazing genius that you just shared with us. So is there anything, any last things you would like to say to anybody, everybody listening? Oh, well, um, well, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on too. Um, yeah, I, I would say the biggest thing, um, obviously we're talking about chatbots or anything like that. Um, I would say just get started. Um, mm-hmm. uh, really, the, the it's the thing that I always tell everyone if they're getting started with it is um, if you're coming at it from like like a brand perspective, um, whatever it is that you're doing, is set up a customer service chatbot. It honestly takes you five or ten minutes to set up, mm-hmm. um, and it's really easy. Um, it's gonna like when I look at chatbots, it's the lowest hanging fruit because like uh, I like obviously we talked a lot about the idea of giving value, but ways to differentiate from everybody else that's out there are not only giving value, but being great at customer service. And yeah. um, uh, really, if you were to set up a chatbot like you were talking about on your website, mm-hmm. whether it's through Facebook, any of those kinds of things, uh, you can set it up where it's an automated process where um, you're going to have your customer uh, lead, anybody that checks you out, um, ask a question or is having an issue and they're going to go through an automated process where they can reach out to you. You can uh, get notified immediately. You can have a VA um, get notified and, and turn around and, and you're going to reach out to them auto, in an automated fashion or your virtual assistant is going to do it because uh, they're going to get notified and you're going to squash a lot of issues that come up um, customer service wise really, really mm-hmm. quickly. Um, just by setting that up. Like I said, it takes five, 10 minutes. Um, I would set that up today if you can. And then that's going to give you guys an amazing way to get started on the customer service side. Cause like, like I'm sure everyone's heard it. Like the average attention span at this point is seven seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like customers want an answer and they want it now. 
Like, yeah. uh, so by doing this, you can get a, you can get an automated response set up at two, three in the morning where like you're asleep. And then, um, that customer is reaching out to you and they're going to be so happy because you gave them like, like, like a, a solution to their issue, um, at two or three in the morning immediately. Um, yeah. so I would say like, that's one thing, um, it's not going to take much time and, and your business will be in a much better position by, do, by setting that up. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Great advice. And where can everyone find you on social media? Yep. Um, so anyone that's listening that wants to learn more, say about chatbots or e-commerce, any of that kind of stuff, uh, they can contact me on Facebook at Douglas Levin. I've got a free cheat sheet, uh, the top five tips for taking full control over your e-commerce income. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also got a, a channel morning marketing machine where I give a lot of content and I've also got a, a free Facebook group um, called Amazon seller secrets. Um, and if there's any way I can help you, um, please feel free to reach out. Awesome. Yeah. We have all those links and we will put them in the show notes for everyone. And as always tell us the gold nuggets that you got out of this uh, episode today screenshot it, put it on your stories, tag Doug and I, and we will give you a hearts and loves and ask questions and we'll give you answers. We love to do all that stuff. So thank you again, Douglas. I really appreciate, appreciate you being here and, um, and we'll talk again soon and everyone, I will see you in the next episode.